Letters from Pops Chapter 8 Lunch with John Lennon It was January 1970. The 60s were barely over. It was a new decade, and an exciting time to be young. People were doing a lot of traveling in those days, and after wandering around the country, my girlfriend and I found ourselves in Portland, Oregon. Someone told us about the rail pass. You could buy a ticket and travel all over Europe, on the train, and it was affordable. We were footloose and fancy-free, so after the holidays we sold our Ford Mustang convertible and bought round-trip tickets to Europe. We went to Pioneer Courthouse in Portland for passports. They took my photograph. I was 22. We would eventually fly over the North Pole to London. This route was actually less mileage. All the European connections were made from London. We wouldn't leave the airport, but I did get to drink a warm beer a British tradition. Eventually a connection was made to Copenhagen. Why would we want to go to Scandinavia in the middle of winter? I don't know. But it sounded like a good idea at the time. We found a room for the night and in the morning went looking for food. We soon learned why Danish pastries were so popular. They were delicious, and there was a bakery on every corner. Also, at the end of the day, the leftover pastries were placed in little coin-operated boxes outside. In New York, these would be called automats and would have sandwiches in them. In Denmark, they held yesterday's pastries. The weather was cold and stormy, with lots of snow. It was January in Denmark. Copenhagen was amazing, but we decided to drive around and see more of the country. So, we rented a car. It was a tiny little Fiat. That was all they had, and also it's what everyone else was driving. Soon we found ourselves traveling through a snowstorm at night, in the smallest car I had ever seen, and, from an American perspective, on the wrong side of the road. In European schools, learning to speak English was a requirement. Most people spoke at least a little. The newspapers, however, were only in Danish. Also, the road maps. Soon, I was lost. At night, in a snowstorm, etc. We decided to pull into a small cafe to ask directions like, where the hell are we? It was the middle of the night. The cafe was open, but it was pretty quiet and no one could communicate with us. Finally, a professional-looking young man came over and said hello, and he spoke pretty good English. A short conversation revealed that he was a schoolteacher, and his name was Canute. His wife's name was Lillian. They lived in a little town on the North Sea called Tested, which in English means this place. After listening to our story, 
he invited us to come stay at his home. Did I mention he was a really nice guy? Soon his whole family was making us feel warm and safe. Teestead was a quaint little old European town with narrow cobblestone streets. We were just wandering and shopping, always looking for those little bakeries with those delicious pastries. We couldn't make heads or tails of the local paper, but one day we noticed the headline read, John and Yoko, the only words we recognized. We bought a copy and took it home with us for further translation. Canute helped us, and to our surprise, we learned that John Lennon and Yoko Ono would be coming to this quiet little town for a meditation retreat. Even better, Canute was a friend of the proprietor of the meditation center. The next day, we learned of an arrangement. We were to have lunch with John and Yoko. What? We were huge fans and so excited, we couldn't even believe it. We were over the moon. The day arrived, and we set out in our little rental car. The retreat would be at a farmhouse in the Danish countryside. Snow and ice were everywhere, and as I drove I could see icebergs floating in the ocean. We passed little farmhouses with thatched roofs. The wind was howling, and snowdrifts were piling up on the roadside. It was pretty flat country, but the road did have a slight grade. I came over a small hill and suddenly saw a huge tractor trailer parked in the middle of the road. Apparently the driver couldn't make it up the icy slope, and he had left his truck there and hiked across snowy fields to the nearest farmhouse to call for help. I wasn't a very experienced driver, and I did the totally wrong thing. The sight of that big truck in the road startled me, and I slammed on the brakes. That little Fiat started sliding out of control. It all happened so fast, but it felt like slow motion. Before we knew it, we were having a head-on collision with a Mack truck. The windshield exploded, and we were showered with broken glass. I was still holding the steering wheel in my hands, but it had separated from the drive shaft. It was a miracle that I hadn't been impaled. The police came, checked us out, and took us to the doctor. They said it was a miracle that we had survived. Lunch with John Lennon was canceled. We were not seriously hurt, but we were pretty shook up, so we decided to return to the States. We never bought the rail pass, and we didn't see any other countries. We had planned for six months, but the whole trip only lasted a few weeks. So we returned to the States, and naturally, it being 1970, we bought a Volkswagen van and continued our adventures. Eventually, we returned to Portland and the Pacific Northwest. So my lunch with John Lennon didn't happen. But it seemed like a good idea at the time.